Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today is episode 22, Declutter Your Life with Jessica Lemon. Jessica Lemon is a famous author. She's also my wife, and you are what, my co-host now? You've been on a lot of these, so... Officially, yeah. The last podcast we decided maybe co-host would be a better... Co-host. <laughs> I don't think I'm that special of a guest anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my special guest that... By back like by, my special well, guest, and people right. are like, oh. <laughs> back by well, back so by popular yeah. demand though. Oh, people okay. love no, people mm-hmm. love having you on the podcast. It's kind of like the Rob cast where he's like, everybody wishes they had Kristen, his wife, yeah, on the podcast wife. more what, often. I love the ones that she's on. I don't, I can't believe I've reached Kristen Bell sort of um, podcast fame. But oh, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> for sure. So today I am drinking a BLK period water. Premium alkaline water with fulvic trace minerals, 70 trace minerals, blah bitty, blah bitty. It's really good, though, and it's supposed to be healthy. So yeah. I'm not drinking um, alcohol today for the moment yet. It's early. But uh, this water is pretty cool, which is interesting because it's actually black in color, but it tastes just like water. And what are you having? I am drinking a psychopathy. <laughs> As the dog runs in the other room. <laughs> Gemma just saw some critter outside. She had to take to the doggy door. Um, I'm drinking a psychopathy. A psychopathy. You've had three. By, <laughs> by Mad Tree is what I was Mad trying tree to psychopathy. pronounce. Yes. Which is an IPA. Yes. And yeah. one of my favorites. I'm sure I've had it yes. on here and talked about it before. So Yes. Very excellent beer. Well, today we want to talk about decluttering your life. And how important that is, and what we've done, some things we've done that have helped, um, some things we're still working on. And I was going to just have you kind of start and see what you uh, kind of go in, go in the direction you'd like to go. So Jessica, you're on. Well, I think it's relevant now to talk about this. Uh, relevant again, I should say, um, because the life-changing magic of tidying up by Marie Kondo the book that was just this huge uh, number one time New York Times bestseller and translated from Japanese into English was all the rage years ago and is now a sort of a documentary you know reality kind of tv show on Netflix so it's having this little resurgence and now we're like oh my gosh we did that years ago and we actually did it before we moved to the lake. And we knew we wanted to leave the house that we'd lived in for, I think at the time, we'd lived there for 13 years. Um, but we didn't know where we wanted to go. We just knew we needed to, It was t- we'd outgrown it. It was our starter, home, our starter home. 13 years is a long time to be in a home, especially one that wasn't exactly necessarily the one you that fit your needs 13 years later, right? We were different people by then. Absolutely. So we were actually looking at moving to an apartment and downsizing quite a bit. Which was crazy. Which was a crazy idea that we think about it. But our intention at the time was we moved to this apartment. We lived there for one year. And within that year, we could decide where we wanted to be. Did we want to move out of state? Did we just need to move out of town? Um, but things happened the way they happened and we ended up at the lake, but we had already started this process of decluttering, which, um, I feel like it's important to say, like when you are decluttering something, it is because you have too much stuff. Yes. But also you have too much of the wrong stuff. 
It's not like nobody can walk into your house and be, I mean, unless you're a hoarder, nobody can walk in your house and be like, you have too much books. Like, right. you know, you have too many right. books. You have too much of this, too much of that. But I feel like as your interests change, so here we are, what, three, four <coughs> years probably after our decluttering. So yeah. our interests have changed. Our lifestyle has changed. So, for example, back when we did the decluttering, I was really into creating my own greeting cards. And so I have a lot of greeting card stock and I have a lot of, um, you know, stickers and um all these different things that I use to create greeting cards. And now I'm that has shifted into another paper obsession. <laughs> so now right. it's like now I, it's love, planners now and I love books. my planners yeah, and absolutely. my notebooks and my sticker books, right? So I think it's just matters like what do you want to make time for now? But you ha- do have to go back and reevaluate. So like we were That's saying. True. Things on, change though. I mean, people yes. move on to the next thing, whether it's clothing or whatever it is, even like when you get new dishes or Whatever, I guess, part of it is to make sure that you do something with the, the things you have that you're not using. Mm-hmm. So, And, I mean, the key to Marie Kondo's, if you haven't heard of the book, I, hopefully you've heard of the book because it's like, yeah, it's a, a phenomenon that's becoming a re-phenomenon. But it's basically whatever doesn't bring you joy in your life. And so it's a very, almost like a spiritual practice of thanking the item for its usefulness, um, recognizing that even though you never wore that shirt with the tag still on it, that you still got the benefit of buying it, that fulfilled a need at the time, or you were filling an unhealthy need at the time, but you just recognize its usefulness for the time that you had it and let it go. Like keeping something you're not using doesn't really make your life any better. Yeah. And I think for me, um, and I think I have a little easier time of getting rid of things. It depends on what it is, of course. But I, um, I, I try to think of like, cause we donate a little a lot easier of, than most or a little easier than me, than you, <laughs> than you slightly easier I thought than you. you were making that comparison. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, where's I going? Oh, so, but I think for me it helps cause we donate, usually donate things that are useful, um, to goodwill. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, okay, this shirt or this pair of pants or whatever it is, is just not you know, it doesn't work for me anymore, but somebody else will get use out of it. So to me, that kind of helps me hand it off um, as opposed to just me getting rid of something, you know, that I, that I liked. And it just makes it easier, I think. Clothing used to be really hard for me. And that has become one of the things that's super easy. Even if I paid a lot of money for the shirt, I'm still able to let it go relatively easily. If it's truly something that didn't work out the way I thought, doesn't fit the way I thought, if I'm constantly opening my closet and going, oh, that shirt. It's just right. a little too or when you tight. Wear, when sleeves, you put it on, you're just like... on, you're tugging or you're fussing like, with it. Or it's just not a color you like. You're right. like, oh, this just so doesn't... So I think that's become... That didn't used to be easy for me, by the way. The first time we decluttered, I think I've pulled... And I'm talking black trash bags, like the big... 55 gallon ones, right? Five <laughs> right. of those full yeah. of clothing and one full of shoes. And we actually were talking about this the other day. One of my pride and joy uh, moments was realizing that we no longer have seasonal clothing. We do not pack away all of the winter clothes into tubs, put them up on a shelf, and then pull them back down. In the winter time, right? You know what I mean. We don't pack 
though is summer clothes away for winter and the winter clothes away for summer. Right. And is it because, well, they talked about that in the book too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I think so. I believe it's been so. a it's long been a time since read I read it, it but I do years, believe but. that she did. And here, you know, we live in Ohio and it, it's, I mean, it's... The weather changes. Well, we talked about that yeah. on a couple podcasts ago, but it yeah. It can be spring and be 35 degrees, right. so it's hard. It yeah, was it could be 70 degrees one day, and then a few days later... If you keep later, out one sweatshirt, or you keep out one pair yeah. of sweatpants, you're just not sure what to keep. So that was something that I really, really, really liked, is that everything in my drawers and everything in my closet is currently all of the clothing that I own. I'm mm-hmm. not going to open some tub that has all this musty-smelling, stored-away clothing in it, because I have kept what what is important to me you know what i like and what works so you said it was easier for you so what have you done to make it easier like, I or think, do you know is it more of a mindset did you change just the way you look at it or I what, think it what was, was mindset it? first of all some of it was habit you know we pick up habits from our family and the way they do things and you know you realize you've held on to this sweater because you wore it sometimes when you dressed up and it's 15 years old or, you know. Right, so it's no longer in style, but you're like, oh, it's Um, still useful. The other part of that is, um, I completely lost my train of thought. Well, I think too, like, well, as an example, like your, um, I always bring this up because I think it's a really good example, but you had your jacket from when you were in animal care Mm, in, mm -hmm. in high school. And it was really cool and you had it, but, you know, and that was definitely hard to get rid of, but you were never going to wear that jacket again. Right. You know, it's like... It was fun to look at and remember. And I remembered where I was going with that. Sorry. Well, go ahead. About the complete... Go right ahead. um, Brain wipe Jump back in. (laughs) (laughs) So the mindset that helps me most to get rid of clothing is the idea that it was worth it. Maybe it wasn't worth it, but that that usefulness has gotten used up. So if you were having a bad day and you went to the store and you purchased this, but you get it home and it's not what you expected, right? Maybe you did take the tag off and maybe you wore it one time and you're right. just like, this just, it felt good right. to buy this. I, I felt like I looked nice in it, but now it's irrelevant. I don't want it anymore. It's just not, doesn't fit the style. It doesn't go with the pants I bought it to go with. So I think just, acknowledging that I got something out of it at the time and being more aware that next time I make an emotional purchase, the last time I made an emotional purchase and bought a $50 shirt, I put it in Goodwill two months later. So it's just, I think it's that sort of like lesson learned sort of mindset that has kind of copied over into everything. Um, When I took um, an expensive internet business class, you know, you and I had talked about that being like a college course. And it's like, okay, well, how much did I spend on college? How much was my two-year degree? So sometimes you pay to like learn a lesson in the moment. And I think just letting that go, letting that perceived value go. Like, well, I paid $3 for this shirt, so I only have to keep it a season. But I paid $30 for this shirt, so it has to last me two years. Or 10 years, yeah. You're like, yeah. one year for $3 so or 10 Yeah, that's all arbitrary. <clears throat> um, that's well, two all is... what you put on it. Oh, absolutely. And sorry to interrupt, but... No, you're fine. But yeah, I think um, if you get... Well, it's it's all the perceived value. You, you hit it perfectly. And so if you buy something, like say you got this great deal on this shirt that was like a $150 shirt or dress or whatever, or a pair of pants, 
And, and I've done this and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I got it for like 30 bucks. Like, yeah. This was the greatest deal ever, but you don't like it. <laughs> and, or right. it's so old. You're like, wow, this is way out of style. You know, yeah. I mean, I probably should get rid of those hammer pants, right? Like that's, that's kind of a ways right. back. But I think it's, there's no sunk cost because I think it could go either way. You could have bought something for like, you know, expensive pair of clothing for a hundred, two hundred dollars or whatever. But if you don't like it and it doesn't serve you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter much. Or it could be something that was worth 200 bucks that you got this great deal on. Yes. And for me, that was difficult to get rid of. Like, oh, I got this great deal on these golf pants or whatever. Like, yeah, but they don't fit me. Mm-hmm. You know, and they just... And or in they're, my family, or they're faded. if you paid money for something, it's really, really, really hard to get rid of something you've paid money for. Exactly. Um, but no, I think it's... A, so the sunk, I guess kind of the sunk cost thing. Yeah. There's no sunk cost... And that's what the book really helped with is, is did it, you know, it served you for a season. You, 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 you know, think this and you let it, let it go on to mm-hmm. the next person um, that hopefully it fits better or whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah. And if you're putting decent clothes into Goodwill, it will get a second life. So you can kind of think of it that way. But yeah, it's totally changed my mindset though. I completely agree with you. Like I've, I've, I've changed um, definitely the way I've thought about it. And it's now when I buy new clothes, um, I get rid of old clothes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, instead of holding on to the shirt that I, I won't wear again, like, oh, well, I, I'm replacing it. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, I'm adding more. And then, you know, then it turned into we had to have seasonal clothes and we just don't have any room in our closets and all that stuff. And my too, other so. favorite part of it was she sort of gives you permission to, if the item <clears throat> gives, if the item brings you joy, you can keep it. It doesn't matter if it makes no sense to anybody else. So while I got rid of my jacket from school that I was never using, that was stuffed into a box. I kept this ridiculous t-shirt that says class of 1993 with my school logo yes. on it. And I've, I don't know what it is about that, but it's, it's, right. I don't know. It's special Although to me. that shirt though is pretty high quality though, because <laughs> it's, it's 1993 and we're in whatever year it is now. Yeah. And it's still, it hasn't fallen old, apart. I mean, I've had old, shirts yeah. for less time that just... Fell apart. I know. So I, every time I would go, you know, when I would hold it, you're supposed to hold the item and really every item has an energy is the idea. And once you are doing this process in the order that she recommends you do it, you know, you are then able to discern whether or not this is something that you really want to have or not. Now, I think the danger in doing this for me is just getting the, you know, eh, screw it, I'm throwing away everything. And right. I did that. The only regret I have, and I've gotten rid of personal things, and I've I've parted with some things that were um, kind of precious to me. But I was like, but I don't need it to remember my grandfather. I don't need his coffee mug, so I don't have it. Um, I think I got rid of that, though, for you. Although yeah, you maybe. put it in the box. Yeah, But maybe. then your brother found it at Goodwill, and I got in trouble. I, <laughs> maybe. I believe that was the story, but, no, but I, I digress. No, I think that was a different mug. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> But anyway, the only regret I've had since where I just could kick myself, and I've brought it up numerous times to you, is that I got rid of books. And I said, oh, I can replace it, whatever. Well, not always. A lot of those books are out of print, and I can't replace them. And a Yeah, like you get it digitally, but you right. can't actually get so the actual books, book. Or if somebody signed the book. I think the, the takeaway for that for me is just know thyself. Like, I'm a writer. Those are treasures to me. 
And um, now if I get rid of a book, it's a, in a very mindful way. But even though I mindfully got rid of a book and offered it to somebody, I gave it away and I felt sad that it was gone. Mm. So maybe I'm not as mindful about that as I yeah. per- pretend to be. But um, but no, we can and we can and we had talked about this and we decided that um, that we were going to leave more room for books and it's, mm-hmm. you know if we have to buy some more shelves and things. But if that's something right. that's important to you, and again. You're an author, and you know, so this is what you do, and so that's a very important thing. Yeah. So I also thought it was interesting because I watched a couple of episodes of um, Marie Kondo's Netflix show. I thought it was interesting that she said, because the hardest part and the thing that you do last is part with your personal uh, trinkets or photos, or you deal with all that personal stuff, all your memory stuff, right? Uh-huh. All the stuff from school, all mm. the. Um, which I did go through a lot. I did go through a lot. So I thought it was interesting that on the show, she mentioned that um, all that sort of collectible personal item stuff is not as prevalent in Japanese culture as it is here. Really? So again, (laughs) I think you need to be very mindful of what it actually means to you. If that personal item has that good kind of energy. I mean, if you look over your shoulder, there is a bendable... California raisin. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous thing, and it is proudly yeah. displayed in my living room, guys. It is a bendable California raisin, uh, the girl raisin with high heel shoes. <laughs> Absolutely. And it is from Burger King. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't even know where it was. And from. back when I was maybe 12 years old, 10 years, 11 wow. years old, wow. my stepdad brought that home from Burger King <laughs> for me. And I, it's a treasure. I have had it either on the shelf, wrapped around a living room lamp. I have sort of carried that into every home or every environment I've been in since. Yeah. Um, so but again, you, that does bring you joy. But it so does. You keep it. It and makes every time me you smile. smile. Every time you right. see it. Right. It's just. It's a so silly it thing. I know sense. people walk in and go, "Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why, Jessica?" Um, another thing that was really hard for me to part with, but I did, I thought a remarkable job is I am a, um, Madonna super fan. And for years and years and years, I cultivated together all these scrapbooks. I bought every magazine I found with her picture on it. Um, biographies, books, coffee table books. And I was pretty ruthless with the Madonna stuff. I think we still have one box of it, but I mean, I had Three. I, I don't even know. Boxes. I had yeah, boxes had a lot and boxes of stuff, and yeah. concert books, and because um, I've seen her four times in concert, and um, that became something that I was super, super into and valued a great deal. But then later was like, um, I still like like and appreciate her music, but I'm not as super fanny about it anymore. Right. So it was right. easier to let that go, and letting it go didn't change my life at all. So it's just important to like reevaluate every couple of years. It is, and I had um, a box of stuff. I mean, well, some, some of the things in the box um, were like old cell phones and things, like just yeah. ridiculous. I, I had my pager. I threw I away my pager. Finally. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, so I've had this for twenty years. This is I. I do not need this. It's in a box that I open, you know, once every five years. It's just like right. silly. Uh, but I also had like some things uh, that I had as a kid, like some baseball cards, which you'd think, oh man. 
I've got these baseball cards, and I, they, you know, they're thirty years old oh, or yeah. whatever. Like, oh, they're totally worth a bunch yep. of money. Let's sell them, make our millions, and oh, retire. My. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, basically, they weren't worth all. I mean, a lot at all. Um, there, I think one of the cards was worth like ten bucks or something. I don't know. It was just kind of like. It was like ridiculous. Like all my toys that I unearthed, right? Like I had some collectible toys that I bought like in my 20s thinking I'll collect these Beanie Babies guys. Um, and we totaled up all of the Beanie Babies and we totaled up all of the Toy Story memorabilia and um, all of the collectible Barbie dolls. And we have what, like all these boxes of stuff laying around and we it would have been worth maybe a couple hundred bucks if we put it all on eBay. So we calculated the time that would have been spent, the checking of the eBay, the trips right. to the post office <laughs> to get these small amounts for all this stuff. And we were like, oh my gosh, forget it. We'll just take it to Goodwill. We did give a few things to our niece and niece and nephews, um, but yeah, that was just sort of a non-issue once you really started digging into it. It wasn't worth what you thought right. it should And a be lot worth. of times, a lot of things like that, you know, the baseball cards were a perfect example, and that those Beanie Babies too, but it's something that you thought would be worth it, you know, in all these years, it's going to be, save it, but then when you look it up, it's one of those things that everybody did that with. Sure. Like, there was, like, so many things. And it's like, not bringing you joy. Having boxes of toys in the hopes that they're going to go up and you can trade them in for money doesn't bring you any joy. But my, you know, 100-year-old NCR cash register that's probably worth, I don't know, $150 bucks, yeah. or not something. Not a whole lot, but yeah. I have because it was my grandfather's, and it was always in his house when I went to visit. Right, and you played and with it as a kid, and it reminds you of your yeah, grandparents. It's yeah, it's a treasure to me. So it's different to keep something that you're treasuring for that reason than it is to keep something that you're just hoping things are going to, the market's going to explode on, right. on this particular item, and you can sell it. So Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I even still have kind of a stack of baseball cards, uh, some of my favorite ones, and I don't really know what to do with it, because it's like, oh, it's kind of cool. I see it, and it's like, oh, look, Eric Davis, he played for the Reds. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I did... Was um, I when I had gone through my baseball cards, my cousin was putting together a uh, what's it a, a time capsule for one of her kids, and I thought, oh, and I think they were going to open it in like twenty years, and mm-hmm. I thought, well, this would be kind of a fun thing to do. So what I did was I took all the baseball cards that were worth anything, you know, at all that may be worth something in the future, hopefully. Um, and I, I gave, I mailed those to her to put in the I didn't time know capsule. You did that. Yeah, That's I did that. Nice. And I thought that would be a really cool thing because, you know, maybe in twenty years it might be actually worth something. But either way, whether it's worth something or not, it would be kind of cool to see. Oh, you know, because at the time the cards were probably, I don't know, twenty five or thirty years old. Um, yeah. And then they'd be maybe fifty years old, which would be kind of neat. So. So tell the story about what you did with the Star Wars figurines that you collected for a really long time. And these were the reissued, right? Not the original 70s, but... Correct, yeah. I didn't have any of the original ones. Yeah, so back... Was it the 90s, I guess? Something like that. Yeah, because it was right around when I met you. But the um, Star Wars movies got reissued and they came back out. And so I thought, oh, well, I'm going to collect some of these uh, Star Wars figures and keep them in the box and, you know, of course, sell them for millions of dollars later. Um, but it was kind of a fun thing to do. And I didn't know yeah. if I'd make any money or sure. whatever, but I thought, oh, this is kind of a cool thing to do. And obviously I'm, I know I'm not the only person that thought this was a great idea. Um, and I'm not a professional <clears throat> toy collector, but 
but it was fun. I kind of went around to different stores and they were, you know, like five bucks a piece. And so I'd, I'd spend five bucks or 10 bucks here or there and like, oh, look, it's a, you know, oh, the Princess Leia, I don't have that one. Let me get that one. And so. So your value was in the hunt. See? It was kind of fun. See what I mean? It was fun. And then yeah. later, there wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. And I kept them in the box and, and, uh, you know, in the container. And then I had it in like a, a box in the, in the basement or whatever. And I thought, wow, this would be, you know, and like, oh, when the, when the movies came out again, the new ones started coming out, maybe this would be a good time to sell them. And, you know, you look them up again, you look it up on eBay or whatever. And they're, some of them are worth a few bucks more than I paid for them. But at the end of the day, is it really worth the time and hassle to do that? And so I came up with a better idea. I thought, why don't I just give these away? And I was trying to think of a cool way to do it. And so for Christmas one year, when my whole family was together, all the nieces and nephews and everybody, uh, we decided to do like a white elephant gift exchange. And so what I did is I, we, Jess and I, we wrapped up all of the Star there Wars were a figures. Lot of yeah, there was probably <laughs> 25, 30? At least, I mean, it might have been more than that, maybe 40 or 50, but there was a lot. And so lot. we wrapped them all up. And then we just did, you know, the typical white elephant gift exchange where you get, you pick a number and you get this. And so it was really fun. Yeah. Cause people got multiple ones. So yeah, they love, but the joy of doing that. And it was also really funny too. the process of it because even yeah. like my brother and some Cause of the it was people, only for the kids. The kids are the only ones that, that were participating. No, everybody did. Oh, they did. Everybody got oh, it. I forgot about so, that. Yeah. So everybody did it. And I had it in my head. It was only the kids. No, no, everybody got it. And it was just kind of funny because. I remember looking at my brother and I was, and it's, you know, this perfectly good thing in in the case that was, you know, probably 15 years old. And I was like, just open it up. And he's like, what? He was like, yeah. Or he, he, like, we were watching the kids. I was like, that's right. Because they were like, oh, what do we do? And I was like, no, just open up and start playing with it. And they're like, but you've been collecting this. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, that's what. So it was so much more fun. To, to take them all out of the packages. To take them and out of the packages spend... and just destroy the packages and just start playing with them. They start the whole afternoon losing playing the, with Star Wars. Yeah, losing the, t- losing <laughs> losing the guns the and the lights. Yeah. Oh, immediately. And it was just so much fun. Everybody yes. had such a good time. So it kind of so. goes back to one of our other values that we've had for years and years is to spend money on experiences and not stuff. Correct. And so that was an experience that... Um, they won't forget anytime soon. Yeah, and yeah, we you, brought it up to them recently, and yeah, it was just kind of fun. They thought it was really fun. Of joy out of too. Yeah, and so instead of you know trying to save them for another <clears throat> fifty years or twenty years or whatever, and then or trying to sell them on eBay and you know get a few hundred dollars back that I spent, it was just so much more fun to yeah. do it that way. And I think so. you and I have determined that that is just not something we value because we value our time and what we do with our time over. Making a couple hundred Correct. bucks, and there's nothing. By the way, there's nothing wrong with anybody if they sure. want to save. Yeah, well, this it's something we don't like it, to do. We're, I'm not a big not fan a hobby. of trying to. Yeah, is not some a people hobby love to, to do that. I know it's but something I'm, it's that just people not love my thing, to do, so. and I think that we are just like you know, there's a freedom in knowing that that's not for you, and that's right. just not for us. Right, and yeah. it makes it easier to to let things go. But yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like I spent all this. You know, you, you could have looked at it one way, like oh. I spent all this time and all this money trying to collect these, and I saved it for all these years, and they were in mint condition and all this stuff. But it was so much more fun to just see my nieces yes, and nephews and brothers and sisters, and my mom got one too. It was just kind of fun to play with. You're them. right. See, I just totally blocked out the. Yeah. We, and I even opened one. I just totally yeah, we all did. We all out. like yeah, because yeah, yeah. then we used cards and we just drew cards yeah. and everybody drew it. Oh, it was so much fun. It so. was. But yeah, the kids had a really good time. So. <laughs> but, but yeah, so. 
what else, um, I'm trying to think of another example too. Uh, one of the things they talk about in the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo, is the life-changing <laughs> magic of tidying up, right? Yes. yes. You just kind of mumbled over that whole title. Yeah, well, I was... It's a mouthful. I know. Well, I thought we mentioned it before, but was um, how you take things, like the example I usually use when I'm telling people about this is you take, so you find all the coffee cups you have and you put them all out on the table all together and then you decide which ones bring you joy, which ones you need. And I think that is a good example of of, of how to do this because you yes. need to bring all of the things. Into whatever. a neutral spot. Correct. Yes. Right. So if you're calling your wardrobe, you put all of the clothes on the bed. All of the clothes. Okay. All of the clothes. And I did and had a little mountain. Um, on the show, if you watch the Netflix show, one woman had, I mean, they had to like carve trails around the clothes to get through her room, her two bedrooms. So I think it becomes, once you have it all in a neutral spot, it just becomes very obvious how many you have and what you actually, you're like, oh gosh, like you don't know. I feel like it's, showcases the problem better <laughs> if you yeah. see all of these well that's true if you have coffee pile. cups and like in the a kitchen cabinet, and then sure. you have them in a cabinet and then you got them upstairs you got them all over the place we should probably do this with bar glasses by the way those two cabinets oh are, absolutely i've done that's that something you i've value. already done that wow it's the dog runs around and the I neighbor's know. closed doors it's it's a busy day out here <laughs> it at is. the kitchen table it's a busy sunday but yeah that's interesting one other thing, I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit, uh, but I think I have actually recondoed the the bar glasses. Conmarried. Mm-hmm. Con, whatever it's called. But yeah, the um, con, what? Conmari. The Conmari method. Okay. Mm-hmm. Marie Kondo. Yes. yes. Conmari. Yes, sir. That's not confusing at all. Okay, got it. <laughs> Anyways, whatever anyway, this you've is. you've done that with the bar glasses? But I did. Yeah. I've gone through Before it. Before we moved, probably. Yeah, I did yes, a lot with did my. Yes, we did because we emptied the bar. We did. Well, that was the thing. We had this very large bar. We had all these glasses. It was just like a storage for all the glasses. It was, and we didn't use. Yeah, and we didn't. It was like we didn't really need them. So, but yeah, that's interesting. So, well, let's shift gears slightly. Okay. um, From the Marie Kondo or Con Marie. Mari. Mari. um, I've heard both. Con Marie and Con Mari. Okay. Well, either way, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. So it's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, about um, kind of decluttering more of your life too. Um, yeah. And one of the things we had discussed on the last podcast, the digital minimalism one, was about uh, you know checking your phone all the time. And I w- thought would be interesting is, and I've done this a few times, is like purposefully left my phone at home. Like if we're going out to dinner and it's just you and me, leave your phone it's like oh my gosh like it seems so easy to do but it's so hard because you're just like it's like your safety blanket yes and i think that is also like dropping technology and things and getting away from that stuff is another way to declutter your life yeah because it just keeps filling every every minute um of every day because you're just checking your phone it's just like instead of sitting um you know, Did you notice when we line. went out to dinner the last time we went out um, and had the Beyond Burger, which is 
beyond. By the way, just beyond what you'd expect it to taste like. Yeah. It tastes exactly like a hamburger and there's no meat yeah. in it at all. Slight side I'm not even Slight kidding. sidebar, that was amazing. Wow. It was, might have but, been the best burger I'd ever had you, and I was, I was so surprised. Yeah, it was remarkable. Just... I can't vegetarian and vegan and whatever. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I can't believe it, how much it tasted like meat. And I, you had to eat half of it just to... I, I was like, I need a second opinion because I haven't eaten a hamburger in... Uh, I don't even know. Seven eight years, years? Eight years? Nine years? Since 2011 um, probably? Yeah. But at any rate, uh, we were on date night that night and I did not look at my phone while we were there. I hung my purse on the on the chair and tried to be present, but... I mean, it does take all of your awareness. <laughs> it does. And intention to do that. So. Yeah, and, it, and the thing is, you create a lot of habits. Just like, you know, when we get in the car, and I'm usually driving, um, because that's I'm just a control freak. And so I'm driving, <laughs> and you're in the passenger seat. Yes. So then we get in the car, and then we either start talking about it. But you usually will look at your phone. Usually, yeah. I, and I that's usually just have like stopped a, working, because I stop working, I run upstairs, I get ready, and then I get in the car, and it's like, oh, what did I miss? While right. I was working, you know, because right. if I'm writing and deep in the writing or editing cave, I haven't checked my social media for the day. But yeah, I've done a lot of that and I've done a lot of, um, you know, trying to leave my phone different places or just leave it on vibrate instead because I don't need, yes, you know, I've been doing that a there lot isn't too. an emergency. Like if there's an emergency, somebody's yeah. going to call me. Mine's on you know. vibrate right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, Mine's, I think I missed, it's on silent I think mode. I missed four text messages while we're doing this podcast. Isn't that crazy? What are yeah. we going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Answer them later, I suppose. Exactly. But I think, and then at, at kind of a work, uh, another thing I wanted to bring up was um, work email, which which email is an amazing tool. Yeah. And depending on your, your job, I mean, well, pretty much everybody's job, it, it really helps you with so many things, with communication, uh, with just, you know, so many wonderful things that help people be more productive. But it can also be, you know, a time suck. And, and if you're constantly listening, you know, constantly checking your email or um, the big thing that I try to have my team and, and I've been big on this is just to turn off your notifications on your on your computer. Yes, I did that, because by you the don't, way, a long, long right, I've done that. time ago. At like an old job that I had and was mm-hmm. like, I hope I don't get in trouble for doing this. Yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, do you really need to know the second an email comes in. And the problem with that is it just keeps everything just so cluttered in your life and you can't, so here you are working on a project and then you have this little ding, mm-hmm. a little bell, a little reminder that there's an email and it and usually it has the little ghost envelope thing that pops up and then it catches your eye and you're like, oh, I wonder why Frank was emailed. But, you know, and then you lose train your train of thought. Yes, that little, um, yeah. That, yeah. You and, lose that, that concentration. You were probably in the middle of your your deep work and you get pulled out. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's, and that kind of leads to, um, to multitasking too. And then, you know, multitasking, all the scientific evidence shows that when you multitask, you do not do a better job. Right. Um, you may be doing more things at the same time, but you do them much less accurate and well. Um, and it actually ends up taking you longer to do them. Yeah. You're, you're actually half as, as proficient right as and it would have been yeah and half as productive i think yeah. too like it would take just as long yeah a or, two, or less time to do it if you did it separately email's not as big of a thing as social media is for me right my, right in my work as a published writer so um the lure of social media is a little bit more i think you get a little 
reward for checking it because people sometimes are saying nice things about you. Right. <laughs> uh, ironically, if you get nasty email. comments, they come via email. Usually so, email, right? Because they're hiding behind their email. <laughs> but I have found um, using a timer, like a, your standard egg timer, something that counts down for writing my book is helpful. And I have one that has, it's a little square and you can flip it over and show, you know, flip it to 15 minutes and it starts at 15 minutes. You flip it to the 30 minute side, it goes to 30 minutes. So you don't wind anything. You just flip it over and then when it beeps, it's done. You flip it back over and then start another round. It is a really so, cool little timer. It is a very actually. cool little timer. Um, so we can put a link to that in the show notes actually, if you want to remind me for sure. to find that for you. But that. Uh, knowing that I've set that timer and I've set apart those 15 minutes to intentionally write, of course that leads to 15 minutes of writing, which leads to 15 more minutes of writing. Or sometimes I flip it to the 30 minute the next time because I go, oh, wow, that flew. I don't want to interrupt it in 15 minutes and I'll flip it to the 30. But I feel like you have to put those kinds of things into place. So like you were saying, so you don't work. multitask. I see yeah. what you're saying. So it yes. doesn't spill it over. Because yeah. So if you set that timer for 30 mm-hmm. minutes yeah. and you know that for that 30 minutes, you're just doing that yes. task. Then you, you turn your, your phone, phone off and everything. Yeah. Or, or go to facebook.com. Part of your brain goes, yeah, or go check we're on your the email. clock. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're on the clock here. You can't check that right now. So that definitely helps you focus it on does. the one task. It does. So you could do that. I was thinking that would be a good way to, um, if you're working on a project for work, um, that's a very consuming project that you need to be present for, you could employ the timer method. And as a reward when that 30-minute timer beeps, go check your email. Right. Take five minutes to check your email or something. I mean, there there is a way to build sure. in that. And I mean, of- and obviously at work, you know, a lot of my job is is, you know, responding to email. And so it's not like I can just ignore it and you know, check it once a week or something right, like I can't course. do that. But the key is I have to get myself out of checking it while I'm in the middle of something else. Yeah. And I, a lot of times I'll shut it down or, you know, use Outlook. So I'll just put it on the calendar so I don't accidentally look at it, you know, notice like, oh, look at this. Because a lot of times, you know, you'll go go to Outlook to go maybe look at an old email to get information on the project you're working on. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I got five emails. And then you're like, wait, where am I? What am I doing? You know, yeah. I just checked these other emails and I'm, I just, you know, those those little brain farts don't help you get done what you're trying to work right. on. So. Right. And when I do use the timer method, I notice I get through my daily word count, my goal for the day, uh, so much faster. You know, I've got that hammered out in two hours instead of four or five yeah, that's totally cool. And I think another thing um, that has helped me, and it's and again, it's difficult, and I know it's difficult for lots of people, especially if you're self-employed or an entrepreneur, but is to not um, check your email when you're at home. Like, it, you know, it used to be you'd have to, when you were at work, you know, you worked your 40 hours or 50 hours a week, a week and you had to go to work to check your email or to get you know, sure. to work on that. You couldn't task. take it home with you. Exactly. But now you're able to take it home with you. And I just think it's, I think it's very difficult because I feel like, um, I'm still kind of, you know, you know, on Saturday after I've worked my five days during the week after I'm, I feel like I'm still a little bit in work mode and it's hard to shift gears into sure. doing, you know, into relaxing. And I feel like Saturday, it takes me most of Saturday to kind of, kind of get rid of that. 
And then on Sunday, I can really relax and just kind of enjoy the day. And then I'm rested up and I'm ready to go back to work on Monday. And if you have those and if you boundaries. Don't, yeah, but if, you, but if you bring that home and if you... If you check, you know, if I had checked my email Saturday morning or Saturday evening or Sunday mm-hmm. morning, then I my mind is still focused on work and I never really got a break. And then when yeah. I get back to work on Monday, you know, if you do that for weeks and then weeks and weeks in, in a row, it's just like you never had a break from work and you just get kind of burned out. So I feel like this, you know, I do my best to not check my work email you know, and, and, and you try to do that as well. Like you'll take a break. Like today you're taking a break from, from working. Like I'm not working today. So you're going to try to not check your email for work or for, you know, or work on anything but I feel else. Like you, you know, this kind of falls under the category of you teach people how to treat you. Right. So if you're somebody who goes on vacation and answers your work email or answers your work email at 11 PM at night or answers your work email on a Sunday, yep. Then you're saying to that person, I'm available whenever you need me. I am right. on here 100% of the time. Right. I mean, you probably, or can you think of somebody, somebody, and you don't have to name them, sure. but can you think of somebody that you email and you know full well you will probably not hear from them for two or three days? I feel like I oh, have, yeah. I have, even I if it's work like during that. the work week. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So it's yeah, because I mean? they're busy, they've got stuff to do. So the way that they run their email box changes the way you interact <laughs> with them. Yeah. So you can draw boundaries around this. You don't Absolutely. have to be ready. Absolutely. Especially with email. The I think the hardest part to learn that you don't have to be ready the moment right. that people think you should be is right. text message. Oh, absolutely. And I have a friend who is a lot better at this than I am who is able to, she will ignore her text messages for a day. And I it sort of taught me like, you know, this isn't urgent. I right. need to be a little right. more like that and exercise a little more of that in my life. Yeah, and if and the whole idea would be, you know, email should be for information, text message should be something that's, you know, for I'm thinking of the work in a work situation, mm-hmm. should be something a little more immediate. But if you have an emergency, somebody's going to call you. Sure. You know, they should pick up the phone and call you. Um, and you shouldn't have like an emergency on an email that needs to get back. Right. Within boy Gemma is just running around. <laughs> what does she see out there? Robins. Yeah. <laughs> Chasing the birds out yeah. of the yard. So <laughs> So yeah, any jingle jangle in the background that's yeah, definitely that's Gemma running Gemma. in and out of her doggy door. <laughs> Did you see a bird? But yeah, I, th- I think the key though is to yes. to not, you know, to to set up scheduled times to check your email. And even for me, a lot of times what I do is not so much like, oh, I'm going to check my email every hour or whatever. It's more like I'm working on a project. Yeah. And once I get, you know, my TPS. To this point of it. Right. As soon as my TPS report is done, (laughs) then I move on. Then I go check my email again. Or, I, you know, then I move on to the next task or whatever. um, As opposed to just like, you know, mindlessly checking it all the time. But you're doing one thing at a time, not multitasking. Correct. Correct. Yep. And And then the other part of it, like I said, is just not to bring that home with me. Because if I do, then I don't. I never got a break from work, and then I, you know, get back to work on Monday, and I feel like I worked all weekend, yeah. even though I didn't. Because my, just I think you just need that mental break. You, I do for sure, for sure. And I'm coming off of, I'm actually in the middle of uh, three projects right now. Um, one is on, well, two of them are on hold while I work on the one, but I mean, it has been nonstop working six to seven days a week for a while. And I'm getting burned out. I'm starting to have trouble thinking. I'm right. really tired. Um, it doesn't serve me. Yeah, and I, there's some studies so I, that have shown, um, and I forget exactly, I heard it somewhere, but they're talking about how after, 
40 hours of working in a week, you know, once you get over 50 hours, your productivity goes down like yeah. dramatically. And once you get to like 60, or, if you're working 60 or 70 hours a week, your yeah. product, it's, it's almost like you should only work 40 to 50 hours a week. I feel like writing hours are like dog years. Like <laughs> I do not write for 40 hours a week, but I swear to you the mental drain that it takes to even... So each hour is like seven hours. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would love to see if there was a measurement for that because I know <laughs> the other day you came in from like doing a lot of physical work that day and you were like, oh my gosh, I am so exhausted. And I sat in a chair all day and I'm like, man, I feel you. Like I am beat. Right. And somehow that mental exhaustion is... The equivalent of a physical exhaustion, it really does just kind of wipe you out. And obviously, there's a there's a physical aspect to it too. Right, sitting, sitting and writing there. is sure you're typing. I have yeah, I'll get inflammation and pain and sure um, your back, arm, shoulder, hip. Sure. Um, no, I think you're right. I think there's definitely something to that. Um, the that it it just takes more out of you. And the thing is, though, but you write so fast. I do. Like faster than most, definitely, I mean, faster than I could ever write. So I think maybe it just comes so quickly to you that it just Yeah, it's compounds. just all pushed together in right, a, few, right, right. a few hours instead of the entire day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because how many words do you type per minute? I guess it depends on what you're I don't know. Working. I mean, the other day yeah. I did uh, 4,100 words in around two hours. Um, that's, that's over, insane. that is insane. That's over what I normally do. I think I'm somewhere wow. around, I can write. And that's actually creating it and writing it. That's not just, it. that's not just somebody in an office typing somebody else's TPS report. But yeah, <laughs> right. that's crazy. Um, I think typically my normal is about 1500 words an hour. But if I know where the, where the scene is going, right. if, if I've got it plotted in my head or I can see the next step, then it's just a matter of getting it down, and then I can that's true. Get in some parts, around two thousand. You always tell me that different it's always parts, different. Different parts of the book yeah. are easier, or just at different parts, it goes quicker than others. Sure. And we've and talked about this you, before, like yeah. the fact that you can get forty one hundred words down in two hours one day, and the next day you fight for five hundred words for right. the entire day. Right, that's you true. Know? That is, and true. it's just like it's not coming. You can't think of anything. You're uninspired, right. and probably you need a break. Probably you yeah. need to go. Get up and take a walk or take a day off. You know, it just doesn't pay to try to force yourself to get that, to yeah. be productive. It doesn't yeah. always work. No, I totally agree. And um, I think that's a good place to stop, actually. Speaking of a break, I think uh, Gemma seems to uh, need some attention. <laughs> yeah. She runs around. She's <laughs> She was pawing at me to pet her, so I think we should have yes. uh, not been paying attention to her. Ignoring we should the stop, fur baby. stop multitasking and get back to checking on her so but jessica this has been a great episode is there anything else you want to kind of throw in there with the marie kondo con mary <laughs> method um um i don't think so just that we up. need to do it again i i've been feeling like do i have too much stuff well that's true though because we you bought know, like, a house that was bigger bigger than the old house yes now there was less storage because we didn't have we don't have a basement right which i think is great because then great. we had less stuff to keep but i agree and it's it's time to reevaluate I it do is think. Mm-hmm. i did um what i've done because we've been here what over three years i think but i had done something um a few months ago where i was like okay i'm gonna you know it's the winter whatever do some spring cleaning 
And I thought, okay, I'm going to get rid of things that I have in the garage, which is where most of the storage is. And I kind of had my rule was, okay, I've been here over two years. If I haven't touched it in oh, two wow. years, mm-hmm. I don't actually need it. Yes. You know, and I think I think that's that's a good tip. Like, okay. So you didn't go by this brings me joy. That was a little too fluffy for you. You just have a rule because you also Need have like a practical. one in one out rule. Like you do. Well, I bought this it, shirt. I'm getting rid of this shirt. Yeah, but it was also yeah. I mean, it was a little more technical. But I mean, when I'm going through things in the garage, it's like okay, uh, this hand drill, you know, or this this hammer. Like okay, I haven't used this tool or whatever. So it wasn't like. Does this bring me joy? The screwdriver definitely doesn't bring me joy, but will I actually use it? Right. And if I haven't used it in the last two years, I probably should could get rid of it. It's um, like our good friends say, like um, when I was talking to um, Cecily, we visited our good friend Cecily and Steve, and <laughs> talking to Cecily yesterday, I was like, why did he cut down all these branches? And she was like, they didn't bring him joy. That's what Steve is, tell- is telling Everything. everybody. <laughs> it didn't bring me joy. So he's, he's like, like chopping like, down the trees. What are you doing trees? this bushes? <laughs> like, this- <laughs> <laughs> Which is so fantastic. He, he uses it but for the yeah, yard. But yeah, I think there's a certain thing. fear that comes with decluttering. So we'll make that our closing remark if you want. But like we're talking about this and I'm saying, yes, I know there's a need to go through very carefully and decide the things that I need and the things that I don't. Right. And then this little this little like pocket of fear opens up because I'm like, oh no, I don't want to get rid of my planners and my stickers. That You don't have to, by the way. If that is something you're into that is bringing value to you, that you enjoy, that you just give it a home and you say, this is where all of this stuff lives and you keep it. Yeah. You don't have to get rid of something just because you have a lot of it. I think that's the important takeaway. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. And that's a, that's a, that's a great place to, uh, to stop. We actually just need to, to stop recording this and start to. Start uh, seeing getting rid of things that don't bring us joy. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is not Gemma. She brings us joy. Gemma so does bring us we'll joy. We'll keep her. So. Yeah. Why not? As she licks you in the face. So. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, uh, everybody. And of course, I'll have uh, everything that we talked about, links to anything we talked about, in the show notes at onedrinkwithjohn.com. So, Jessica, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having as always, me. or again, and uh, have a great day. <laughs>